Hi, and welcome back to another episode of In The Loop. I'm your host, Rachel Camp. So on this episode, we're going to be talking all about power outages and how our dispatchers work behind the scenes to keep the lights on and answer our members' calls 24-7. We'll be joined by Cowie DeFate EMC's Supervisor of System Control, Dawn Hunter, to answer some frequently asked questions about power outages, including typical causes, different ways to report an outage, and what a member might expect during an outage. And she's going to explain how dispatchers are trained to serve our members while simultaneously keeping our employees safe on the job. So let's jump in. So we're here now with Dawn. Dawn, thank you so much for joining us and coming on In The Loop. I know this is your first time on our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. So let me give you a moment to introduce yourself. So tell our listeners how long you've worked for EMC and what exactly you do here. Okay. I started at EMC in 1996. It was July the 1st, 1996. That's about 27 years ago. I did start in the dispatch department. Um, when I started, we only had three people and one supervisor. Um, so we were still 24-7, and we also monitored security systems along with dispatching. Um, later on, uh, I became the supervisor, and dispatching itself has evolved immensely since then so okay so you've been in dispatch your whole career here then correct okay and how many dispatchers are we up to now um we have seven dispatchers and then me as a supervisor so and now actually they're called system operators all of them have converted with training and stuff uh to a system op Okay, great. I hope we can hear more about their training later. So since we're talking about the role of the system operators, um, can you just talk about some different things that they do? Maybe explain what a typical day for them looks like. We know that they are responsible for essential components of the cooperative, but can you walk us through some of their duties? And I know it may vary depending on what's going on. Yeah, there's, there's not a typical day in the dispatch department probably it probably serves a lot like um a 911 system does um there's various components people think that we just sit there if we don't have outages but uh we get what we call a hotline tag for the guys in the field when they're actually doing maintenance on the lines and stuff of that sort that's a safety mechanism uh that only gives if something gets in the line it protects them from getting electrocuted or whatever may so happen we do public hazards what we call public hazards um we have a few outages here and there um we have temporary disconnect for repairs uh people have to do work on their house uh they have some type of electrician uh, electrician come out and they have to do some type of work for them to safely work on it sometimes we have to go and disconnect the electricity for them to actually do the work um people have tree trimming crews that come out they have to have a line dropped uh the everyday workings uh, pretty much go all the way through us. Customer service is here, of course, for your questions, but sometimes they may not know the specifics of uh, the workings of that question, so they'll call us to try to get your uh, question answered on your first call. So, 
Sure. So their responsibilities are really quite varied then. They're, they're handling a lot of different things. Yes. During the day, uh, especially during working hours, um, we are pretty much the way that I see it is we are the communication link between the inside employees and the outside employees and the members and the crews out there. Um, so it's a, it's a very vital part and it, it's got a lot of inner workings to every department pretty much within the co-op. Sure, that's a great way to put that too and explain it for, um, for our members to be able to understand. Okay, so let's talk about some of the training that you mentioned earlier. So what kind of training do our system operators actually undergo and why is it so important that they receive this training? The most important part of the training is to understand our system and how it works. Um, we have gone so much into, should I say, the automated part um, to where it automatically backfeeds with no outside source doing it. Um, so you don't have some, you don't have to wait on a truck to get out to you. Um, it automatically backfeeds to the point that it can. That being said, they have to understand the system and to be able to understand the automated schemes that we have. Um, they go through ITS five-day training, which is a full week, uh, down at um, in SMAR at our training facility. It teaches them how to write uh, the basics of switching orders and the devices that are out on the lines uh, and what they do. Um, also, with that, we try to send at least one person a year to what we call apparatus school. It's at Auburn University. Um, it is a three-day school where they can learn even more about the apparatuses uh, that are on the lines, their function, what they do, and how they do it. Um, each system op has a minimum of three days that they have to spend out in the field each year whether it be with some of our maintenance crews that work on the lines, and they have to have at least two days in with what we call substation maintenance that goes in, and they're the ones that, when something has to be repaired and we have to do some type of switching so nobody loses power, they have to go and ride with them also. So. so they're really getting training from a lot of different areas. Sure. Then. That's not including the book training that they have, uh, that they have to go through. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you for explaining that. So um, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about our new-ish outage management system. So we've had it for a couple of years now. Yeah, we got it. Um, it went live in December of 2021. Okay. Now, Don, why did we decide to migrate to this new system? And how does it benefit our, our members and well, us? Well, our old outage management system was good. But as we grew, we sort of outgrew the outage management system also. Um, the one that we had was good for a smaller co-op. Um, if you had 50,000 members or less, it could handle that. But we sort of taxed our system back when um, 
the ice storm packs come in. And we've got almost 88,000 members now. So it was well over the threshold that that our old OMS system was really able to, to handle. So it pretty much shut us down and we went back to the old way of operating uh, on paper maps and stuff during those storms. Um, uh, they worked on it a couple of years after that and we had a hurricane come through and we were pretty much in the same situation. So that's when we started looking to see it, it wasn't that it was a bad system, it was just not big enough for our growth. And um, so the, with this new system, they have clients that have over a million customers. Um, it's been stressed to see what it could handle. Uh, it can also, it has many more capabilities. So whatever the linemen do out on the line, if they have to back feed because there's a, a broke pole or something and people will usually go be out for several hours just to get that repaired. We can actually model everything that the linemen do in the field. So we actually see exactly what they see out in the field. And um, number one, for the, I mean, the most important thing is that it keeps them safe and they know where the power's coming from. Because if the linemen don't know where the power's coming from, because it is backfed, it's not on its normal feed, then that can get them in a situation. Wow, okay, so it has a lot more capabilities. Than Absolutely. And yeah, as you said, that is the most important part, keeping them safe. So um, some of our members might be familiar with the new look at it since we've had it for a couple of years. Um, but we've tried to make it easier to navigate as well. And we have had tried to make reporting an outage a little bit easier. So can you talk about some different ways that our members can report an outage? Obviously one being through our website. Right, you can do it through the website. Um, you can do it through our automated system, through the telephone, which is called our IVR. Um, you can actually speak with a live person, the CSR. Uh, if they're not available, then of course we have a overflow, which is called CRC. They answer our phones when everybody's busy. Um, you can do it online through the website. And we have it where you can text in your outage, and, but you have to sign up for it through our website. But there's four different ways right there that you can actually do it. Awesome. And I, I also want to note that during storms and large outages, we do try to keep updates going on social media um, for our members to be able to see what's going on and where guys are working and what areas are still out. But I will note that that is not a formal way to report an outage because it's not monitored 24-7. Correct. So if, um, if a member does want to report an outage, please utilize one of those four ways. So, Don, what are some different things that a member should have available when they're calling in or texting in or visiting the website to report an outage? Uh, there's a couple of different things that you need to have, either your address or a good contact number. And when I say a good contact number, make sure that you call up here and have an updated telephone number on your account because that's what is gonna pull from when you report an outage. And if you don't have that good contact number, you can't do that uh, in certain instances. But address and phone number is really the only thing that you need. Uh, 
We've tried to stay away from anything that asks for somebody's account number because if you're like me, nobody ever has their account number when they need it. So. Exactly. Right. Yep. Okay. So before we wrap up, I do want to talk about outages and, and talk about the cause of them and, and maybe what members should be looking out for during an outage. You guys know very well since you're back in the system operator's office. So Dawn, what are some typical causes of an outage, um, especially ones that our members might not be aware of because it, it's not related to a storm or inclement weather? A typical outage on a very pretty day people I mean that's a that's a big question that we have it's pretty outside you know why is my power out well birds squirrels are notorious for getting on our lines and um, when they get on the line if they get in certain areas without getting real technical if they get in certain areas they're gonna blow your fuse and uh, that causes your outage um, snakes are notorious for it people cutting trees down the road from you. Uh, it may not have to be in your subdivision, but they cut a tree and it goes into a line that feeds your subdivision. Uh, people digging, crews out working with different utilities. Uh, they could be digging and they hit one of our lines. Car accidents, there's many different things, but things that you really don't think of, but you know, when you find out what it is, eh, oh, that makes sense, you know, Absolutely. but people normally, when your power goes out, you think it should be from a storm and a tree falling or lightning. And that's that's typical during a storm is the trees and the lightning, but the everyday outages yeah. is... Well, and we have had a lot of summer storms this this summer. Absolutely. But, you know, again, that's just as good for members to know. While it's been as hot as it is on a sunny day, what could my power be out for? Oh, yeah. Well, and I also, since you mentioned that, I forgot, you know, load plays a big part in the hottest days of the summer. Everybody gets home at once. They start cooking. They start washing and drying clothes and, you know, the fuse that's feeding that subdivision, everybody at one time and it blows because the load's so, so high because of the heat. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. So Dawn, what are some things that members should look out for during an outage? Um, be aware of. Stay away from the lines. Don't go near them. Don't try to cut a tree off of them. A lot of times it may not be our lines but you don't know that. Don't go out and you know try to do a little work. You're tired of waiting on us, so to speak. And I know it gets, it gets hot, it gets frustrating, but uh, I promise you they'll be there. Uh, but it's not worth your life. You know, stay away from the trees, uh, stay away from the lines so and true. stuff. Okay. Yes, and remember to be patient. Our guys will be out to you <laughs> as soon as they can be. So, okay, well, I think that wraps it up. Dawn, thank you so much for coming on In The Loop and sharing your expertise. Well, we thank you. It.